0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we chat digital transformation, challenges, and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Welcome, Digital Voices. So glad to have you. My name is Ed, and we're joined today by Dr. Jitendra Bermicha. He is the chief. Digital strategy, information officer, all wrapped up into one—a uh, great person. So I'm really excited to have you as a guest. So Jeet, welcome to Digital Voices. Hi Ed, good afternoon. So it's it's great to have you. But before we jump right into it, uh, producer Megan, you know we've had guests from all over the world. What's the city-state where we've probably had the most guests, including today?
1: That's a tough one. I feel like we were pretty well represented all over the country. Um, I want to say maybe New York. I feel like we've had quite a few guests from New York City.
0: Yeah, that's what I was guessing too while I asked the question. So yeah, you're right. Out of 150 some episodes that we've recorded, we have, I think if you had to place little pins someplace, New York City, uh, and today is uh, no different with this particular drop. So uh, it's a magical place and you'll hear more about that so uh G, you know when i think about describing you uh an innovator a leader digital health all about transformation i love the fact you're, you're such a humble uh leader individual and i like how you sort of uh i think your 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 promise if you will is uh the interface between humans and machines using uh collective uh intelligence but you're you're, you're such a a great person personal and i appreciate you and all that you do. So again, thanks for being on Digital Voices, and I'll just start with where we first met, and then we'll we'll get going. So I think it was 2015. I think when I first came to New York City, maybe maybe before then. But you know, New York City is pretty tight, and I, I know we had a chance to interact a few times. I think we've spoken together uh, in the past, been on panel, that sort of thing. So I always enjoyed uh, listening to you and our interactions that we've had. So again, so excited that you're our guests. But the most important things that people want to know, Jeet, on this uh, podcast is what's on your playlist? What kind of music do you like to listen to?
1: So, Ed, uh, before we get into the playlist, uh, I have to confess that I have known you prior to you coming to New York City, and I have always learned uh, from you. Uh, So, although we were on the panel, but uh, I have always learned from you, uh, every single day now as far as uh, playlist is concerned uh, i do speak five different languages and depending on the mood and the uh, area where i am uh, from jazz to uh, my favorite has been uh, rod Stewart uh, unplugged or eagles or lobo and for when i'm in a mood for my own community uh, Sufi songs so or I did sing.
0: No, that's great. And I, I love Lobo. I think you're the first guest. So like uh, me and you and a dog named Boo or Sue or yeah. Yes. Boo. Boo.
1: Yeah. Boo. He, Boo. <laughs>
0: that's good. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's going way back in the archives. Uh, yeah. I, I like uh, some of the same music. That's, that's cool. And what about your, your life passion or mission mantra? What, you know Is there a particular saying or words that you live by?
1: uh i usually practice just trying to be a good human being and uh, i'm a servant leader i'm a lifelong learner i learn every single day so uh, again those are hardwired
0: yeah and i think that that'll for, for if anyone doesn't know you i think everyone in our audience knows you as well you know, that, that'll come, come right through. So share a little bit about your story. I mean, I know your story, we spent time together. Uh, it's very interesting, fascinating story. Can you share a little bit about, you know, where you began and sure. uh, to up to where you are today?
1: Sure, so uh, uh, I'm from India. I was born in India. I was raised in army uh, boarding school. I did my medical school in India. I uh, did portion of my postgraduate residency in Delhi uh, before I came to US and uh, I've been at SBH Health System for last uh, 26 years, that has been my professional home. Uh, I did my internal medicine residency, I was uh, chief resident and I went to school, uh, did my master's in health management and policy, and uh, my journey uh, in health career has uh, been at St. Barnabas uh, Health System for last good 26 years. Um, and my second professional home is uh, American College of Physicians, Advocacy, physician advocacy is my passion, and uh, I have several roles uh, in that uh, esteemed organization. It's one of the largest uh, uh, internal medicine and subspecialty organization in U.S.
0: Yeah. Well, tell us about some of your roles within physician advocacy.
1: Sure. So, for American College of Physician, I uh, am the current president of New York chapter for American College of Physician, and uh, I have a team of fourteen thousand very strong membership uh, who uh, works on the advocacy and uh, uh, consumer uh, education and so forth. Uh, for the National ACP, I am the chair for the Digital Health Advisory Board. And I am also the liaison for the AMA for the validated device listing, which is more on the clinical engineering and biomed side.
0: Yeah, that's so cool, because I mean, it just shows you sort of your your well-roundedness and how you've merged both the clinical aspect, because I think you still see patients today, right? Every single
1: day. This this morning, I had about 12 patients.
0: Yeah. And so you've you've been able to marry that together, both on the professional organizational side, the professional side, along with your extreme activism, you know, within whether it's the Rio and the Bronx or uh, whether it's IT uh, leadership and, and things mm-hmm. like that. But before we leave the sort of the personal side. So how did you you know, you're you're finishing things up in Delhi. How did you end up in the Bronx? Yeah.
1: Um- It was not by my choice, I'll be honest with you. I was uh, denied my first uh, US visa in Delhi. That was in 1990, I would say five. And then I had to do some coaching and got reapplied. And during that time, uh, I lost about uh, 11 interviews. Um, But my second interviews was in the Bronx. And uh, Jim Hellerman at that time, program director of medicine, he liked me and I liked him. And that was top of my list uh, because I knew that this will be a challenge uh, working in this underserved population and where I was practicing in Delhi um, I would not call it as a similar uh, patient mix but uh, a challenging situation on both the side and uh, and I knew that I those three years of my internal medicine will teach me a lot uh, that's why I chose this program and I continue to stay here
0: you know? yeah no that, that's a testament whenever someone uh, that longevity uh, in a specific uh, area and a specific organization that, that speaks a lot to both yourself and sbh so tell us a little bit about the uniqueness of sbh for those who are not familiar because sure. you know you're right there in you know in the city and so yes. uh, but you're very uniquely uh, positioned tell us about that
1: yeah so i'm very proud uh, every single morning i wake up and i'm very proud where i work and uh, so SBH Health System, uh, it used to be called uh, Home for Incurables in 1866. So it is almost 150 plus years old institution, uh, one of its kind. Actually, there were only two in the world. The other one was in the uh, London. And so with the strong uh, history, uh, uh, the beauty about SBH Health System is, I call it as my sweet spot. Uh, we are still independent health system. Uh, We have affiliation, very strong affiliation with medical school. We are level one trauma center. We have over 300 residents and fellows where we do our medical education. Uh, Stroke center, uh, cardiac cath, uh, STEMI, and uh, state designated uh, HIV center, uh, acute care, uh, very large ambulatory care network, including uh, mental health and substance use disorder. So it it serves a variety of uh, healthcare. Uh, services uh, in different settings. Also, as I mentioned about the uh, medical school and residency and fellowship, we do have a very close relationship with the health plans. In fact, we used to have our own health plan called Partners in Health. And I used to be the medical director before it closed in 2007, and we merged with Health First, which is the largest uh, Medicaid managed care health plan in New York State. Um, So again, uh, we are payers, we are providers, we are educators, and uh, everything in between.
0: Yeah, and and like you described, Jeet, the, the history is is just amazing and and so rich. So as we mentioned, twenty six years. What what are one or two attributes of Sbh that has kept you there so long? Uh,
1: number one is the community. I mean, the changing demographics um, all over the U.S. Uh, we. Uh, When I came in 96, the demographics have totally changed. Uh, English used to be the first language, now Spanish and other languages are the first language. Uh, Wonderful community where we served, although underserved population, but they are very grateful uh, of how we uh, take care of these uh, individuals. Uh, Number two, uh, within the organization, I think this is one of those rare organizations where physician runs the organization, our CEO, our Chief Operating Officer, CMO, and myself and uh, uh, Senior Vice President of Ambulatory Care and Clinical Strategy, all of them are physicians. So, and we, we speak the same language, our, we very much align with our mission for the community we serve. And that is one reason which has kept me going uh, serving this community both from internally as well as externally
0: yeah th- that's uh really important when you both your personal life your your philosophies, like you were describing earlier, and your profession are completely aligned with the organization that you serve in the community. Uh, there's, there's nothing quite like that. So recently, you, you, you've already described sort of how you grew up within the health system, right? You came there very young in the profession, and you've just grown with the health system. And, and most recently, digital strategy has been you know, put under your, your particular uh, purview. Can you speak more about that? Can you, can you, at a high level, sort of what that digital strategy uh, looks like?
1: Sure. Um, So we have been doing some uh, digital tools uh, implementation throughout the health system, whether it is for our internal business side. Um, We had a very rudimentary level of telehealth services prior to COVID and last two and a half, three years, um, the role of these tools have skyrocketed, uh, not only for Uh, telehealth but also how we do remote patient monitoring or management Um, and more and more uh, what we see that our patients or the community they are also engaged uh, through the digital tools so it's sort of a natural progression how we can become more efficient uh, not only when we are practicing at bedside but also how we can engage our community in their care uh, decisions and all And that led, and that pretty much aligns with our strategy. Also, Uh, as you know, digital health is nothing but a business strategy these days.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. How can CIOs best prepare themselves, sort of, for this digital strategy? You know, uh, sometimes they were we were just sort of thrust into it because COVID happened, and maybe we didn't have a strategy before. And so a lot of CIOs are still sort of like post-COVID sort of scrambling like, okay, what, what do I do next in terms of strategy? Are there any sort of recommendations you might have for CIOs who maybe be not uh, quite as advanced as your organization?
1: So uh, again, I, I think there are two types of CIOs in my book. So one, those who are hardcore uh, IT professionals like uh, engineering background or technical background or telecom background. And the other ones are uh, sort of clinicians or those who have some business uh, acumen. My recommendation for the current or the future CIOs will be uh, be participatory in any kind of strategy, whether it is business or uh, patient engagement and and those, and see what are the tools uh, which are available, uh, which the internal business people can be more efficient, as well as uh, there is a cognitive uh, decrease uh, in the caregivers especially the uh, physicians or clinicians and if you can connect those two dots between the business strategies and how the care is delivered uh, i think digital strategy will be flawless uh, so you you just have to understand and participate keep your eyes and ears open where is the mission where is the business is going and how you can help not only our internal business side or and also the community and largely where you serve.
0: Yeah, those are great insights. You know, again, going back to your clinical background, and again, you still see patients today, that obviously gives you a clear advantage, I think, when it comes to leading digital and strategy. Any ideas on, other than going to medical school, you know, short of uh, actually hardcore education, for people who are in the role today as CIOs or chief digital officers, They don't have a clinical background. Are there any things that they might do that gives them additional exposure so that they can at least sort of understand uh, a little bit better?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I shifted my gears in the administrative role. I used to be more on the care management side, uh, care transition side. Mm -hmm. And I used to be CMIO prior to becoming a CIO. This was about eight, nine years ago. And uh, what I learned is uh, technology is tough, don't get me wrong, writing codes and all, you you require maths and statistics and those kind of skills, but I think it is the people and the process which uh, makes it much more easier or enable to provide healthcare. Uh, You don't have to go to medical school uh, to become a, a CIO with a clinical background or like the way I switch my role from being a clinician to more on the technical side, similarly the opposite can happen, those who have technical background try to understand or participate in various committees or uh, see what is out there. And although I should not be saying, being a patient teaches you a lot, how you would like to be taken care of, make sure those tools or uh, processes are in place so that when you go to a doctor's office or when you are admitted or when you are signing up on a patient portal, how would you like to be treated? So uh, I think both from the personal perspective perspective and as well as uh, what is uh, around you will teach you a lot of lesson. And as I said, from the very beginning, I'm a lifelong learner. I keep my eyes and ears open. So uh, similarly to my colleagues. Uh,
0: yeah, no, those are super practical ideas that one can leverage. Let's let's move into a little bit more about uh, leadership in general. And, and maybe you've, you sort of answered this question indirectly a couple of times. But you have done super well. You, obviously, you know, you've re- you know, you've worked your way to the positions that you have today. The organization has recognized your leadership, given you increased responsibility. You stood this test of time. Uh, any any secrets, you know, or any, you know, tips that you might give others who who are younger in their career and they're looking at someone like yourself like, wow, that person must do something right. What, what are those things?
1: I, I my principle is three C's: uh, communicate, commit, and collaborate. Fifty uh, percent of the problems are solved if you communicate clearly, and succinctly, and clearly. Um, number two is commitment. Uh, if you are uh, in a position to commit something, give your more than hundred percent. And lastly, uh, is collaborate. Uh, that's why if you look at my tagline, uh, it's uh, using collective intelligence. So I. Uh, i empower my staff i empower my colleagues and uh, we all learn from each other and uh, with those three c's uh, collaborate
0: commitment and communicate uh, i think um, success will be yeah yeah, yeah, that, that's golden. You're right. It's, it is it is that simple. It, it doesn't have to be this complicated. You don't have to read a ton of books. Although I, I'm an advocate. You don't have to listen to a bunch of podcasts, which I'm an advocate. But it's just doing the basics, right? The three C's correct. that you just described. correct? Because, uh, you know, as you were going through those, I was like, yeah, that's that very it's it's uh, very clear. Um, so if you follow those three things, yeah, that's great. You mentioned you had been a CMIO and you know, as part of our audience are clinicians that are hoping to be CMIOs or CDOs, CIOs. Are there any tips that you might give uh, a physician that's thinking about informatics or, or IT or, or digital? Like uh, how might they get involved?
1: Absolutely. Um, first of all, keep your eyes and ears open. There are tremendous opportunities yeah. in healthcare. Um, And if you just take uh, one step that you're willing to learn and you're willing to execute, people are going to notice you. And I notice these things every single day. Uh, Join as simple as work groups or task force or committees. Um, First of all, read newspaper. Uh, Many of my clinicians and physicians, they don't read newspapers. Um, Uh, Either they will get some snippets from social medias and all. I think uh, so a newspaper, whether it is digital or paper, is a very powerful tool. Um, I mean, I don't have any preference whether you use New York Times, Washington Post or Wall Street, but uh, getting information from there. um, And once you start participating in task force or work groups, uh, whether it relates to technologies or any policies or any committees, uh, people will find you. And then uh, again, these are all uh, like you have to crawl before you have to walk and then run. Uh, Same philosophy happens in uh, any management, so uh, you can do an MBA earlier on your career, but I think uh, for me, uh, you have to crawl first, walk and then run, and then like Ed does marathon and uh, you can do all those sorts of things. but uh, if you make a small effort uh, people are going to recognize
0: yeah no that is very sage advice and 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 the part on the on the papers reminded me that my very first mentor when i became a cio was the ceo of the health system where i served and he said read the wall street journal and the new york times every day and back then you know this goes back 15 20 years it was all hard copy and he had the the, those right there. So I started my subscription, and still today, now I do it electronically. But still today, I at least get the headlines, and then you know double click uh, for things that are uh, of, of uh, interest. Uh, but I but I've carried that forward. So that, that's really good advice. So you're also active, and we sort of established this in the beginning of our chat. Uh, you're also active in the New York City area uh, technology uh, forums, uh, HIE, and things like that. Um, how, how has that helped you? Do you recommend that as well? I mean, is that part of your learning process? Like, don't just focus. I mean, your number one focus is, you know, your institution, but you should also have yes. a broader focus. Uh,
1: very good question, Ed. Uh, I think you have to remain relevant uh, in your professional career. And the best way to do is uh, network and uh, uh, join uh, with it. There are, there are so many professional organizations. Uh, for me particularly, I am a member of AMIA, HIMSS, CHIME. Uh, then I'm also uh, part of the Node Health, which is the evidence-based digital uh, medicine. Um, New York is uh, ha- has a lot of good opportunities. Uh, not only networking, but also learning from each other uh, through various forums, whether these are roundtables or virtual or podcast or so. Um, you just have to look around you will find so many different opportunities uh, not only in new york but any major cities uh, across the world um, and the, but the best ones are i, I would like uh, definitely vouch for chime hymns and health uh, these days uh, which are becoming taking more traction on the innovation and uh, care transformation uh, digital health and so forth
0: yeah let's do let's talk a little bit about node as well because i know that you're on the steering committee uh for 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 node and and i've been part of some of their conferences in the past yeah so my involvement
1: with node was uh, when it was uh, infant actually so uh, ashish atreja who was the founder and uh, we always uh, had only one mission that uh, all these digital health tools are coming into the pipeline or uh, are coming into the market, Um, there is no validation. Uh, Like, for example, our analogy was when Tylenol Tylenol came into market, it went through phase one, phase two, phase three trial, and then the post-trial, any complications and so forth. And there was no such validation. Uh, Till today, there is no US regulatory body uh, who is looking into this validation process. But uh, hopefully in near future, FDA will uh, in some shape or form so that, that was our uh, one mission. The second one was how do we educate uh, amongst uh, each others and also the health systems and the uh, healthcare providers who are going to use these digital apps and also the consumers. I mean, if they are going to use the, these apps, they need to know that uh, this has gone through the validation process. So that was about six years ago, and uh, we have come a long way. We have done a number of validation studies for very large corporations to uh, pharmaceuticals. And uh, we do our annual... Uh, Digital medicine conferences. We do webinars, and uh, we always look forward to your uh, wisdom in
0: these conferences. Yeah, I I recommend people look up Node Health. Uh, so if you Google it, N O D E uh, Health, uh, you'll find. It. I think it's I think it's they they do they do a great job, and and, and I appreciate the style that, in which they do it. So there's a lot of constant change, as we know, and you've been, you've been you know one of the most, uh, you know, if I were to look up uh, in the encyclopedia or Wikipedia, I look up, uh, you know, someone who's, who's transformed themselves over and over and over and continued to be on that leadership, top leadership level, it's been you. What are some ideas that you might share with people that would help them stay that way? We've already talked about a few of them, right? Reading and and the learning and networking. uh, And maybe we've covered all of them. I don't know, but is there anything else that you would suggest for people to remain uh, sharp?
1: Yeah, I mean, only professional goals should not be your ultimate goal. Uh, you should take care of your health. You should take uh, vacation whenever you can with your family. Mm. Um, do a lot of social. I do a lot of social activities. I travel. Um, uh, I cook. I do farming. I have a farm. So I, I, I spend a lot of time in other activities uh, where it is just my me time. No politics. Uh, I'm not a ambulatory uh, help desk, uh, like my health system. So these uh, small, small uh, activities will recharge your batteries when you get back to work. Um, again, enjoy your life. Uh, it's it's, just, it's very short, short and take care of your health. It's very,
0: very Yeah, Yeah, that, that's a great angle. Uh, so thanks for, for adding that. So now you have me curious though. So do you cook the things that you farm? It, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And um, and I love feeding, too. So uh, my children, my friends, they all know uh, my Instagram post is only on what I cook and grow. I do not use I do not post anything on my Instagram. Um, But I'm not very, very active as I want to be on Instagram. But uh, yes, I I cook almost every day.
0: All right. I'll I'll figure it out and then I'll invite myself over and uh, and uh, taste. I mean, is it Indian cuisine or or do you do other cuisine Uh, as well?
1: Well, it, it is mostly Indian cuisine, but I do have fusion. So I do uh, get different uh, spices and ingredients from all over the world and try to infuse. Uh, I would say mostly South yeah. Asian uh, and some Italian, <laughs> but with Indian masadas.
0: I, lo- I love this. I, I, I think I see a restaurant uh, in your future. So, uh, gee, it's been... <laughs> oh, God's ears, <laughs> yeah. you know. G, this has been a fabulous conversation. You're, you're just a, a, a wonderful uh, human. And, and then obviously you've done great things for your organization, SPH and, and the Bronx. And uh, you know the fact that you take the time to share with others, some of the things that you've learned along the way, I really appreciate it. So we covered a lot of ground. Is there something I missed or is there something that we did talk about that you wanna double down on as we close?
1: Yeah, w- w- recently uh, uh, I'm more and more uh, involved or taking, or I would love, love to uh, decrease this digital divide, I think. There is a lot of opportunities uh, for equitable uh, use of uh, digital health uh, whether within the organization or outside the organization uh, i was very fortunate to represent node uh, for their uh, ama they had this uh, uh, new uh, i would call it as a it's not exactly a task for but uh initiative called uh, in full health and they are looking and we created a toolkit uh, which is looking for any solution developers to develop solution uh, looking at those underserved areas or not having any bias when you are developing this solution so i think in next couple of years uh, you will see me more and more uh, getting involved in closing that gap so that uh, we are on a more or less a good platform that everyone can use uh, these technologies
0: yeah, I, I love that. And I'm thankful for you, uh, le- again, leading leading the way there, because you're right. We, we often assume everyone has the same uh, access. So, oh, let's just add that uh, new app or, oh, let's just do that remote patient monitoring. Right. But we forget that not everyone oh has that bandwidth available to them immediately or has a type of phone that can easily consume another app you know all the different things uh there's much more to that but just as a quick example and uh and and we got we have to do a lot better so thank you for uh for mentioning that so uh G, again thank you for being part of digital voices thank you for listening to digital voices podcast with ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review. And most importantly, thanks again for listening.